You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. We are inching our way to Spooktober. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, sitting across from me, as always. Ify Wadiwe, episode 76 in the books. The Mm -hmm. last ep was our 75th episode. That was such a good episode. I mean, we're burning through them. I think we we are going to have to do a live 100. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, Nicole just in there. Yeah, Nicole just, because Why Won't You Date Me is is hitting 100. And they're doing a live. And I was like, yeah, we probably should do a live. Let's do it. But if we do it, you all have to show up. I know. What, what? It's like me, like uh, when I first moved to LA, I didn't have a birthday party for a couple of years because I was like nervous that no one would come. <laughs> and then on my thirtieth birthday party, I was like, I'm doing so much cool stuff. Like I know everybody will come, and like everybody did. Yeah. So it was really cool. So, but that's always been, you know, as a little kid, that's always like your worst nightmare. Oh, yeah. So you have something, and like no one's gonna come. That happened. It was when it, it was the same thing. I just moved. It was, I was the new kid, and for some reason, I not only tried to have a birthday party, but I decided to have it in a completely different city. Like I went to school in Downey, and I it was in Long Beach. So literally, no one came because it was just inconvenient, yeah. and barely anyone knew me except for one person, Everett Minor. I'll never forget his name because he was the only person he was the one person who do you drove. still talk to him uh no uh <laughs> i mean we we went separate ways he's still i mean i check with you know we're friends if you on get Facebook. an emmy you need to be like an everett mine i have like my one person that i'm like I, I will be like i don't care if i thank anybody i have to thank this yeah. one person for yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll shout out everett minor if i get an emmy do it uh, do it yes uh what are you geeking out about this what week? i'm geeking out about is the casa grandes which is on nickelodeon mm. it's premiering i believe in october super dope uh it is a spinoff from the loud house which was super successful oh, yeah. and it follows a latinx family and it's really cool i'm so excited that it exists and that there's more space for us to play especially in animation i can't wait to show my niece and nephew and for me to watch it, frankly. Um, But I'm really, really excited. I mean, that was something that I thought, even though, even though I was working with an animation studio, I'm like, we are the only ones that don't have an animated, like, you know, 
we need an animated uh, show and uh, with a family. And then and then they did it and Lalo did it. And I was like, dang it. Now I got to rework my pitch, <laughs> which is fine. I'm pitching something else. But um, I'm, re- I'm just really excited that it exists. And it, it's just uh, it warms my heart. Yeah. Well, and you got to Naomi has to watch it. Yeah, I mean, she will. She, she's working on her Spanish. She's a uh, bilingual. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, she. I mean, she pretty much understands and speaks both languages pretty well. Her English sentences are finally coming together because she, you know, uh, spoke a lot of uh, Spanish first. Mm-hmm. What I'm goofing up. Uh, what I'm goofing. What I was about. To say, what I'm goofing about. What I'm goofing out about it this week. <laughs> wow, you sound oh like gosh. you're like 20 years older. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god. What I'm goofing about. Uh, you know, we're. I just got my hands on Gears Five, and so I'm getting ready to launch into that. I'm a big fan of the Gears of War uh, franchise, uh, but there's just been we're in that wonderful period of video games because you have the summer drought where not that many games come out, and now we're hitting fall, and we're just we had Gears Five, Borderlands Three is out, and then we have the Call of Duty Modern Warfare beta drop. There's just so many good video games, and then. Iceborne has already been released, which is the new DLC for Monster Hunter World, has been released for the consoles. Now we're patiently waiting for it to roll out on PC. And the reason I mention that is because this week we're talking about my favorite game franchise ever, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. <laughs> uh, it was funny because, uh, you know, Danny, when, when she said she was like, I don't know... In, about this game i'm like no one does it's it's <laughs> like like truly like uh, honestly it was a fringe title up until monster hunter world and people kind of got excited about it and then more games came out and it kind of just went back to like a dedicated fan base i've been playing this game uh, it has to be like over a decade now but i started playing it on the psp even though it originally started on the P- playstation uh but this is just going to be the episode where I am going to yell about Monster Hunter and get Danny's thoughts and opinions on it. And then when I come over and watch some James Bonds, I'm, yes. bringing, over, I'm bringing over Monster Hunter. I was going to say, is this your equivalent of like when I when we did Wonder Woman, which I'm obsessed oh, yeah. with, and you like listen? Yeah, I was like, I'm listening. <laughs> Except for people actually watch Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know, there's going to be some Monster Hunter fans She's who are going to be like, uh, out here. Monster Hunter isn't the same as Wonder Woman. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. No, you're um, right. It isn't. I think Wonder Woman laps it 20 times over. So Uh, so you didn't play it on PS2? No. When it came out on PS2, so the cool thing about Monster Hunter that made it interesting to me back then was it was just this simple hunting game where four players can team up to hunt giant monsters. But it used the PS2's kind of, at the time, fairly new technology of uh, online play, the PlayStation Online system. This was that early PlayStation Online system, PlayStation Network, when it was free. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, so, but like my, this was also when like Final Fantasy 11 was coming out and using it. My dad was, my, you know, he was already, I was already barely able to use the PS2. So adding like another factor to it was just impossible. So I never got to play it. Wait, so you owned a PS2, but you had limited, like your, did your dad put time limits on you? Essentially. So okay. we had a PlayStation and then we had it taken away from us because we were playing it too much. Right. And then one Christmas, I like I wrote a long like letter and contract to my dad begging him to wow. allow me to get a play. I was like, I am willing to um, 
to give up my Christmas gift to get a PS2 and that, you know, I will share it with my siblings and it will be a gift for all of us, but I am wasting my gift for it. And how, and I like did all these rules. I made a contract of, of all the things that I will make sure I do before I play it. So like all the chores and then my homework will be done. And that if I, if he feels that I'm not, Oh, uh, you know, honoring the contract that he can show it to me and I will immediately do whatever he, just the long plea. And it actually worked. And, uh, uh, we got a PS2 and Sly Cooper that year. But because of that, it was always kind of on that we were only able to play it on the weekends. And it was it was kind of like, you know, my parents weren't spending that much money on a lot of the games. Uh, So I was always playing PlayStation Underground demos, which Uh uh, if you if you don't remember PlayStation Underground, it, uh, it was like a service you can sign up for where they would send you a game disc with multiple demos on it. And you would, and that's, that's pretty much how how I played new games was I would just play these demos because I just couldn't get the money yet to buy new games until I started uh, going to high school, being able to like save up my lunch money to like get stuff at GameStop treatment. You know, I did that uh, not with a video game, but with a cat. I wanted, I used to be a cat person. I wanted a cat, little Danny wanted a cat so badly that I did a whole PowerPoint (laughs) <laughs> like on why I should have a cat. Yeah. I like did a report on like why I deserve to have a cat. And then my parents got me like this little tabby cat. Ooh. I was going to say, when you think of PS2, what is the game that pops in your head? Ooh. See, it's funny because Final Fantasy VII, I've said it many times, is my favorite game of all time. And I want to think of that. But that definitely, that's a, that's a PS1 game that I remember. When I think of PlayStation 2, the game that kind of sticks out to me the most is the game I probably put more the most time in, which was Kingdom Hearts. Okay. That was, that was the game I played a lot of. But I thought you were going to be like a Grand Theft Auto. Grand My Theft brothers Auto, played that. Oh, yeah. I, Grand Theft Auto essentially ruined uh, my little brother's attempts to play video games because he was just, you know, when you're young, you're just dumb. You're just, that, that's the only <laughs> way to describe it. And uh, we had GTA and we we would play and everyone, you know, this was when kids, when you're a teenager, so you didn't really play the story mode. You just took turns mm-hmm. getting as many stars as you can and seeing how long you can survive. And my little brother would join in. And I remember he, uh, we were driving one time and someone was walking across the street and to try and be funny. He was like, you run that person over and get like, get some points. And they were like, you can't play GTA anymore. Oh, your parents? <laughs> yeah. they. they uh, and I was so scared when he said it. Cause I thought that joke all the time. I thought, I thought like we were all going to get in trouble, but it was just him. And wow. I was like, cool. And it was perfect because any, anytime he'd be like, can I play? I'm like, no, you got banned from playing it. So you got to sit there. What about a uh, Sega Genesis? What so- pops? Oh, Sega Genesis, always going to be Sonic and Knuckles. Yes, Sonic. That's what I was thinking, too. Because especially Sonic and Knuckles, you had the cartridge where you can stick Sonic 2 up in the top, Mm -hmm. and then you would be able to use Knuckles in that. It was was dope. And I never had a Genesis. This was before my dad married my stepmom, and they were dating, and I would go over their house, and I remember I said I wanted them to get married just so I can play that (laughs) Sega Genesis. My, yeah, mine was Sonic, uh, Aladdin, and mm-hmm. I think Earthworm Jim. Oh, Earthworm Jim. That's that's a true classic right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
I'm surprised that hasn't gotten a remake yet, but it's probably on the way. It probably is. Monster was, Hunter. Yes. Let's go through the nitty gritty. The Monster Hunter franchise is a series of fantasy-themed action role-playing video games that started with the game Monster Hunter for PlayStation 2. It was released in 2004, and titles have been released across a variety of platforms, including PC, home console, portable consoles, mobile devices, and the series has been developed and published by Capcom. I want to even hit that harder, because I don't think it really drives home just the struggle that is um, being a Monster Hunter fan. So it started off on PS2, Monster Hunter, and then the series primarily took place on PSP, PlayStation Portable, which was this, the, was the, which was the mm-hmm. kind of opponent to the DS. So for the longest, I was playing Monster Hunter, uh, you know, it's been long, I don't know, the Statue of Limitations, but for free because you used to be able to hack the PSP and you would just be able to download games like emulators and put them on a flash drive and play them. So that's how I got into it we'll get into the mechanics of the game of how i was playing it wrong for so long like all my psp career i can't even see how i was having fun with it because it's actually the reason it has such a small fan base so there are a lot of games that are made in japan uh that don't really make it to the mainstream american market and a lot of times these games are just kind of kind of have this hardness to it i think uh, this this kind of trend grew with games like Dark Souls and Souls type games where it's known to be hard and that's fine. But I find that early aughts like the 2004 around Monster Hunter, the games like these, they never had a chance. And I I don't want to say it's because we never gravitated towards them. I think it also was just kind of the publishers looking at it as like the American art audience would never kind of gravitate towards these games. Well, okay, so the series took off in explosively in Japan with Monster Hunter Freedom on PSP. But like you were saying, it wasn't as popular in Western markets. And they uh, equate that to the fact that Western markets favored home consoles and computers during the mid 2000s. Yeah. And that's that's actually also a very important point about that. So one of the things about uh, you remember how I mentioned that this was a multiplayer game. Mm-hmm. So the PSP versions were multiplayer, but they're only multiplayer locally. And the reason and that's a that's a very good thing you pointed out. Uh, so. In Japan, there was already a culture of people meeting up and playing their PSPs in public places. So they didn't have a trouble with uh, trouble with that. But out in America, the PSP also wasn't a high-selling handheld game. Uh, you know, we were more into the DS out here. The yeah. DS was crushing the PSP. So you already have that issue there. Also with that, the DS, uh, you know, as, and I think it was specifically the DSi is when it really started taking off. The DS introduced like the Nintendo network where you can play online. And we were out here in America. We already were adapting to online multiplayer games, especially in the aughts around here. You had the PlayStation Network and then Xbox 360. You know, you, they, they kicked off Xbox Live and then you had like Halo 2 uh, 1 and 2. So we were very into online multiplayer and not necessarily that into meeting up. That That's where the problem persists. So now you have Monster Hunter sitting on a console that is not widely accept, uh, used out here and using a multiplayer format that isn't very popular out here. And that actually was kind of a problem. So the way that a lot of people got around it out here uh, and the old head Monster Hunter people will remember this is there was a service. I forget the name of it, but you would use this app and you would locally connect your PSP to this app on your computer that would 
locally connected online <laughs> to other people. So you were had like so you would have to go to a forum, find people, and then right. agree to use this app wow. to do it because there was no type of online multiplayer yet. It was all local on PSP. And this was for the run of the PSP version. Like all of the PS and that was the thing. So it jumped from PS uh two to PSP and then it was pretty much PSP versions until we had the swap over to when it started coming out for the three DS and the DS system. So then the DS systems kind of got, I think the first one still was local. And then the one after that is when we started getting online multiplayer. And it's sometime around that time, you, we also had a version come out for the Wii uh, when it came to the DS. And then that's when it started picking up a little more because you were able, and then Monster Hunter Generations was the last one that kind of released before World, which was a the, fir- the first time since um, since the first um well not the first one the first time since the wii version that it was released on consoles because and that was a big deal for monster hunter fans because we are now leaving the handheld universe to get a full graphic overhaul and kind of a lot of quality of of life improvements in monster hunter but that's all nitty-gritty stuff within the game that i'm gonna say for when we're breaking down that part this is just monster hunter in general but now we're at monster hunter world I will mention, because as a Monster Hunter old head, I will have to mention some of the things we lost in it going to the major consoles. Uh, And by major consoles, I mean it was released on the Xbox One and the PS4. And then the Switch version got Monster Hunter Generation Ultimate, not the World one, which is jarring if people got into World for the first time and then you... Well, talk to me about... So the original... Did you ever play the original Monster Hunter or no? I never played the original Monster okay, Hunter. Okay, so was, your first Monster Hunter was... So Monster Hunter came out for the uh, the the PlayStation 2. Okay. Then Monster Hunter 2 was released on the PlayStation 2 as well. But then the um, the in, an enhanced version um, came out for the PSP called uh, Monster Hunter Freedom 2. Mm -hmm. So I came in during that time, Monster Hunter Freedom 2. See, and the way they have these (laughs) these listed is the most chunkiest way on the wiki. Because the way, the, the fact of the matter is the way Monster Hunter has kind of been released, and if you listen to our Street Fighter episode, I mentioned how Capcom loves re-releasing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, this That's the story of Monster Hunter. A lot of times, Monster Hunter will, instead of having a DLC, will just be re-released with new monsters and new weapons. So you had Monster, Monster Hunter, uh, which was on PlayStation 2. And then an enhanced version was released for PS2 called Monster Hunter G. And initially, it was only released in Japan, but was later released in North America for the PSP. And that was Monster Hunter Freedom. And then a Wii version was later released, but only in Japan. So that's Monster Hunter Freedom. So that was the first PSP one. I t- I dabbled in that. I that was the first one I played technically. But I the time I first played it on PSP, there was also the Monster Hunter Freedom Two that was available, which was Monster Hunter Two that came out. Um, on uh it was monster hunter 2 came out on february 16th it, uh in japan and then uh it only came out on the psp in 2007 august 28th so that's the first one i like actually played over and over and over and over and that was monster hunter freedom 2 then they later cre- uh dropped another uh like expansion called monster hunter freedom unite which is yet another re-release. 
And then you had Monster Hunters Try, which came out for the Wii. And that one was uh, that one was the one that I was talking about that came out on the Wii. And then eventually they came out with a PSP version and a PS3, but only in Japan, called Monster Hunter Portable the Third. Then the enhanced version, and this is when we made the big jump to the 3DS. Monster Hunters 3 Ultimate is what came out for the 3DS. But like I said, it wasn't, um, this was still like port, uh, local. I've never heard someone say Monster Hunter so many times that's in five the, minutes. That's the funny thing is like looking back, I was like, oh yeah, I was just kind of playing the same game over and over again with just the bunch of, but yeah, so that's pretty much, so my first one was Monster Hunter uh, Freedom. And Ify, I love yeah. you. I cannot wait to hear about the characters and what these monsters look like. We're going to take a really quick break and then you are going to you are going to paint a picture of the monster hunter world for people that have never played it like me we'll be right back as the number one audio company iHeartMedia gives you access to all every audience live conversations trusted influencers and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company go to iHeartResults.com for more Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year, Las Culturistas, with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with... Dua Lipa! The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. back so little if how old were you oh this was oh man if we so we got to go into major story time so i was i was an adult technically i was 18 but the way i the way i got into this was i wanted to hack my psp and i was this was when i was still going to community college and so i was like yeah i just found some dude on craigslist so i looked so i looked up on craigslist somebody who was hacking psps and then i went and it was this like like this like Latino cat my age and we were like in his garage and he was like, man, you're so cool. I'm going to show you how to do it. He was like, he's like, and then you can do it for money if you want. And I was like, no, I'm not going to like meet up with strangers, but I'll do it for my friends, you know? Yeah. So he like told me how to do it. And so, so I was probably like, um, 
young 18 college days and I so I was playing primarily by myself because I tried to do that internet thing I tried to explain to you it was just too hard because I think I needed one more like peripheral because I needed a like wireless dongle that would uh, basically wirelessly connect to my PSP and that just was too you had to use eBay to find it I just it was too much effort so I let it go and then when it came to the 3DS my uh, good friend and cousin Brian had a play group and we they all met together and played so i started meeting up with them and we would go to uh the house and this was actually the group we we got real into um we were real in a hero scape and we we had these huge hero scape battles that spiraled into god we'll have to do an episode on that but it spiraled into where we started creating our own pieces and figures Uh and literally it became a mad dash where it was like if we can find a figure (laughs) <laughs> a toy that was the size of a HeroScape figure, we would make a card for it. So we, we soon we had Spider-Man, Goku, you know, any, any G.I. Joes, anything we can find. It, we just blew this game off the roof, uh, which is funny because the way it goes all the way it's kind of come full circle is I now have the Magic the Gathering tabletop uh, Battle of the Planeswalkers tabletop game, which is what HeroScape it turned into so HeroScape kind of uh got bought by hasbro and then it, they kind of took that property and made the magic of the gathering tabletop game and when i found that out it was like a, a mind freak for wait me. okay so you you are playing this game what attract like why does it why did it become like a game that you were hooked on what oh, about it made you hooked on it's it? it's the perfect weeb game so the way the game primarily works is you don't you're, you customize the hero character. It is a nameless character that you can change. Uh, they they can turn into every skin color. And you can be a male or female. And you can get many different ha- hairstyles. You can get Goku hair, high samurai hair, and an afro. And the story generally are all the same. You are this like lowly hunter. And in this world, uh, everyone wants to be the greatest hunter. It's a, it's a typical anime shonen start. And you have to work your way up in using the hunter boards. And so you, you have a list of hunts that the village needs for various reasons. And as you get, do better hunts, you can have a chance to upgrade as a hunter and raise your hunter rank until you're uh, strong enough to fight like an elder dragon. Uh, and instead of having like stats and classes and all that, there are stats. We'll get into that and the trickiness with it. But really, it you choose your weapon and you can play however you want. So, uh, you know, you can use... Like in the most, most of them, you can use like a long sword, which is a wildly long sword like looks like Sephiroth's blade you can use a great sword which looks like a buster sword from cloud uh you have bows you have a gun bow you have a lance you have a gun lance and these are all weapons you can use there are no uh restrictions no one weapon is better than the other it's really just based on play style like however you want to play and the way you acquire new weapons is you hunt monsters you farm the monsters so you hunt them multiple times and use their parts to, the monster parts to make armor and weapons so it's that's pretty much the game is the cycle of hunting monsters and it's a very similar style to a lot of your dark soul souls type game in mm-hmm. the sense that 
like some you will be able to like once your armor's strong you'll be able to like bust through them easy but lots of times you're kind of following the patterns of the monsters like they have different attack patterns they have different moves if they get enraged they'll you know they'll change up their attack patterns and it's kind of learning that and finessing that and they there's always an, a randomness to it it's it's kind of has that rogue like element in the sense that the monsters are all different sizes they tend to be around the same uh health point but there's different things that can happen sometimes you're on a map um and there's multiple monsters so you can be trying to hunt one monsters but it gets uh you get another monster who joins in on the fight and now you're fighting two monsters. So that's why even though you're fighting the same monster over and over again, it doesn't get boring. It's, it's fun because you're like, oh, okay. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. Who is Palico? Okay. So the Palicos are these little tiny cats that, that help you, uh, on your hunt. They're uh, very cute. Yeah, they're they're the cutest ones and like as the game progressed in the series, oh my you gosh, were they're able standing to, like people. Yeah, you uh. they stand like people. They talk to you. Uh they call you Mouster. Uh What? Yeah. Oh god, I can't and handle. They and as the game progressed, you can make armor for them. And so like you Wait, can Wait, I'm a Meowses. Yeah, Meowses and Meowster. Okay. I always play a male character. Do they so. say any do I mean do they talk like yeah. Words? Oh yeah. Other than that? Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not like a Groot situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, they 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 <laughs> It's not a Groot situation. They they words they say that they're trying to help you uh you know, some games you hire them and you would train them separately. Uh, one of the cool things that, you know, uh, the newer Monster Hunter world has implemented is they level up with you as you hunt instead of like having to do separate training regimens and uh, typically, the flow of most Monster Hunter games is you get a quest, okay. then there's a setup portion. So you can go and you can get different items you may need for the quest. If it's in a particularly cold area, you'll need a hot drink. If it's in a hot area, you'll need a cold drink to keep your character from being too cold or hot. You'll, uh, If you want to capture instead of kill the monster, you'll need to get traps and trap parts. If you are using a bow, then you'll need like you know your arrows. If you're using like a gun lance, you have different w- weapons you load for that. And you also can choose your meal. And the meals, uh, they have some pre-made ones, or you can like choose every part of the meal, but the meal will give you some type of stat boost, whether it be like extra health or extra stamina or both, and damage up and different things like that. And it does a really cute eating animation, and then you start your quest. Uh, now, it's pretty, e- it's pretty simple in the fact that you just eat and you do well. Back in the day, there were some combinations that would make you sick and debuff you. Like if you made a bad food combination, you would set off in a quest and just have worse stats because you didn't do a good combo. Uh, and and then you set off to your quest. And the quest uh, in Monster Hunter usually sets you in different types of maps. So typically, uh, there's a frost, a snowy map, a desert map. A jungle map. Uh, it's just like Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah. And just like a regular kind of plains map. And every, and that's kind of part of the challenge is the monster. And you never know what part of the map. So the maps are usually sectored off into different uh, sections. There's usually a, anywhere from 10 to 12 sections of a map. Do you always have a Palico assigned to you? 
in the and later what exactly games, do they do? Yeah, in the later games, you do. I believe in World, if I remember correctly, you can have up to two um, kitties. Uh, yes, uh, or that might be generations. I'm mixing it up with. You can, when it's you and another person, when there's just two of you, you still get to have your Palicos. If you do any more than two, then you can't have your Palicos with you. Then it's only, uh, it's only player characters. But the Palicos can, you can set up how they operate. They can either be attackers. You can have them do healing, uh, things to you. I typically do that way because I use great sword and with great sword, it's a very, it does a lot of damage, but it's very slow. So you're leaving yourself open a lot of times because if you miss, you're doing a slow, long attack. And so I get hit a lot. So I'm looking at, apparently you can have mega man. Oh yeah. So that was one of the big cool things about monster hunter is they did a lot of, uh, crossover events. Yeah. So they, they just did one with uh final fantasy where you can fight a behemoth from final fantasy. And then, uh, you can get a big dragon called Rathalos in final fantasy 14. Um, and they always had this, it was so funny. They always had this big, um, U S a J, uh, collab that they always did. And I was like, what is this? And it always was super cool blue and it always had world details and it was USAJ, USAJ. And one day I finally looked it up and it was for Universal Studios of Japan. Like they, they would always do a collab with them so that you can get like this Universal Studios of Japan Monster so Hunter uh, gear. But they've done, you know, Mega Man. Uh, I'm going to imagine. So it's essentially literally Mega Man, you know, in like block form that mm-hmm. is like fighting. Like it looks like that style next to Monster Hunter, like 3D style. I'm just <laughs> yeah. going to imagine that under his suit is a little cat. Oh, yeah. That's exactly what's under his suit. Yeah. Yeah. You, it's the armor that you put yes. on the cat. So okay, there's a I tiny cat. Uh, you can. They did a crossover with fairy tale. So you're able to make it look like a fairy tale. Also, character. I want to show you somebody on Reddit did a tutorial. They made their Palico into Beerus from Dragon oh, Ball yeah, Super. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one. Oh, yeah. With uh, the coloring and the. There's tons of tutorials, too. So here's the thing that they changed in World, which I'm glad they did. So remember how I said Japanese games can be like so hard? This is something they never explain in the game and something that you literally found out through going to wikis. But the way stats worked in the earlier Monster Hunter games is you would have to get so you you would get armor and they'd have a stat. So it might say damage plus two damage plus three or defense plus two defense plus three, etc. Right now. A normal video game player would think, oh, if I put this on, then I'll get damage plus two and damage plus three. Not in Monster Hunter. In Monster Hunter, the earlier games, you had to get, so the way it worked was you had a stat boost of small, medium, or large. And the way you get those stat boosts is whether you can get the stat to, I think it was 10, 15, or 20. And so that means that if you put a strength plus two, then you didn't have strength plus two. That means you have to find strength plus three. And when you have strength uh, and then you get uh, two more pieces or no, I think it was five, 10, 15 strength plus th- three. Then you have a strength attack up small. So that, so that's why I said I wasn't really playing it until later when my play group explained that to me. So 
that also kind of made it difficult for players because then it made it kind of hard to mix and match your armor. Because, you know, you know, nerds, we like to stylize our characters. Yeah. You couldn't really mix and match your armor because you needed like certain a certain amount of the armor to work. Well, now in Monster Hunter World, what you see is what you get. If it's like plus two attack, then you get plus two attack. And so now people are getting really creative with their looks and all the different things you can do with it. We have to take another really quick break. We're going to hop back into Monster Hunter right after this. Ding dong, Las, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go, right? There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. On NPR's new podcast, Wild Card, we have ripped up the typical script. It's part existential deep dive and part game show. I ask actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to ask some of life's biggest questions. Listen to NPR's Wild Card on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Ify, I wanted to say, did you ever play Monster Hunter Stories? No, I skipped it because it was just a little too cartoony and not. Oh, wow. Shade, because um, it looks a lot like Pokemon. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks really cute, though. <laughs> it it's straight up yeah it actually kind of yeah. looks like Digimon to yeah. be honest yeah no it was it was kind of a you know hit or miss for different people in the Monster Hunter community uh, it's just for me I was like oh, it's just not Monster like I fall I go to Monster Hunter to hunt monsters not really do this like whole lore based thing but uh, a few people like it. I wanted to say also there was a Monster Hunter the real which was a ride. That yeah. opened in Universal Studios Japan yep. for about half a year in 2017. You could have gone on it. Yeah, I know. I wasn't able to make it out there. It was a big deal. Like all that was a big thing. And now there's going to be a Monster Hunter movie coming out, which at first it, everyone was like, I don't know. But then like leaked footage of the trailer came out. And now everyone's kind of on board with it. So we'll see uh, what it's goes. It's supposed to drop in 2020. I feel like we would have seen more of it. Yeah. If it 
was, but um, did you check any of the leaked footage? Like, did you look at any of it? No, I really don't like looking at like trailers. I like to just go in blind, so I'm I'm pretty much avoiding. What it. you are? You don't yeah. watch any trailers? Yeah, no. Uh, You're really funny. Mark was that way about uh, my friend Mark Ellis was that way about anything Star Wars because he's yeah. like, I'm already gonna see it. Yeah. I don't need to watch. I'm a thousand percent already seeing it, so also, I don't need anything to be spoiled. I feel like trailers are cut really badly now. They give too much away. They do. So that's why I kind of you gave up what? on trailers. So my my theory about that is because they're trying to get the people that are not in that fandom. Yeah. Us that are in the fandom, we're like, oh, we're already going to see it. We're yeah. already down. But they need to kind of get the other part of the audience here in America to be on board with it. You know, like the people that don't actually follow this in the news all the time. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes they'll drop some of the, whoa, cool. Oh, she's in it. And it's like, why did you give that away? Yeah. Why'd you show us that the villain or this part? You know, why'd you? But it's for them yeah. to also be in it. Uh, yeah, you're right. It looks like Mila Jovovich is uh, going to be. Oh, it's uh, September f- has a, a drop date of September 4th, 2020, directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Mm. Uh, and it looks like the synopsis says behind our world, there is another, a world of dangerous and powerful monsters that rule their domain with yeah. deadly for, well, you know what? I love her for doing this and resident evil and any other video game franchises that she has capitalized on. Uh, when Lieutenant Artemis and her loyal soldiers are transported from our world to the new world, the unflappable Lieutenant receives a shock of her life in her desperate battle for survival against enormous enemies with incredible powers and unstoppable terrifying attack. I love it. Whoever did this just had a thesaurus. Uh, Artemis will team up with a mysterious man, Tony Jaw, who has found a way to fight back. Yeah, I think that's the thing people really don't like is the combining worlds premise. Where it's like, no, you just have the like world has a pretty good story. World has the more the most cohesive story out of all the monster hunters, and that's saying a lot because world really doesn't have much of a story. It's generally the same thing. You're a young plucky hunter coming to a new town. But now it's being attacked by an elder dragon and they don't know why, you know, and I feel like you could just do that. Are you excited at all that more people will be exposed to this franchise? Yeah, but World actually did such a good job with that. World is actually uh, one of Capcom's highest selling games. They sold over, uh, I think it was 50 million units in total. Uh, More than 70 percent of World sales were outside of Japan, which was a major milestone for Capcom. It looks like we will also have Ron Perlman. Yeah. T.I., T.I.'s dropping in. Megan Good. Oh, man. Who was just in uh, Shazam. Here's my thing. It's an, it's never a good sign when people stuff, like, too many celebs in a, like, video game film. Because, like, when you really think of, like, all major kind of, I guess you want to say, like, fantasy or sci-fi franchise, how, like, you really don't have that many like name names like you'll have a few but you you typically try and save the budget for vfx <laughs> you know if you're dropping all that money with ti ron perlman and all that it makes me afraid how much money you're gonna have left to make the giant dragons that take place in this game uh which you know i guess we can ru- run down a lot of the the monsters uh so typically every monster in a game starts off with your level one being like tiny 
raptor-esque monsters and ending in gigantic uh, larger-than-life monsters. One of the bigger kind of well-known monsters in the game has been the Rathian and the Rathalos, uh, which are two wyverns that are the worst to fight. Uh, they were the worst to fight until we learned about basil geese, uh, which we'll talk a little bit more later. Uh, but like, so the Rathian and Rathalos are the two dragons and they, they have poison tail. So you'll be fighting them and they'll shoot fire and you'll dodge all that. And then in the end, they will poke you with their poison tail. And now you have to run away from the fight and let your Palico get all beat up while you try and heal from poison because the poison is pretty brutal in Monster Hunter, mostly because it, it ticks away your health a lot. But those are kind of like the, the, the big wyverns you have. Uh, I enjoy this uh, praying mantis looking thing. Ooh, what was what's the name of that one? It looks like uh, a Taru Ka, maybe? Ah. Egyptian Mantis, Monster Hunter XX. Oh, this was uh, Japan only. Oh, no, but that that uh, Monster Hunter XX, that that's the one that came out as Monster Hunter Generations Ultimate. Oh. Um, because I, but I do own Monster Hunter XX because that's how much I love Monster Hunter. And this Nibble Snarf. Oh, Love yeah. these words. Nibble this Snarf is, is great. Zinogre uh, is uh, is is great. It's like a little f- electric fox. That's pretty cool. The Nibble Snarf is a sand swimmer. It looks like a giant. Uh, what I'm looking at looks kind of like a worm ish thing. And then a Zamtrios. A Zamtrios straight up looks like street sharks. In oh like, yeah, come that's to life. that's the puffy one. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Nibble Snarf is great. The great sword for that using its parts is really cool. Nibble Snarf is nasty though because Nibble Snarf goes under the sand and it's also a, a desert level so you have to drink uh so much water to stay cool. <laughs> um but uh but like the Nibble Snarf will just pop up from underground and just try and swallow you. So uh Yeah, it looks like monstros. Yeah. From like Look Pinocchio. Up, try and find Zamtrios. You remember when we did our Street, Star- Street Sharks episode and I was like playing around on DVNR and saw things that I shouldn't have seen, but it was essentially Street Sharks in human form, like in what they would look like in a, in a live action. And it was like buff and erotic. Yeah. Um, that's what Zamtrios looks like <laughs> yeah. in some of these uh, iterations of him. Yeah, see, this is Zamtrios. Them. He gets real puffy like that. Oh, yeah. He gets a that lot looks of... like a street shark that's been stung by bees. <laughs> this yeah. is the one that I saw, Iffy. I mean, doesn't that look like oh, yeah. fan art? Yeah, Zam Zamtrios is rough. That puffy thing he does when he like, sucks up all the air, it's, like, he kind of, it's harder to hit him. And he can like roll. Uh, he can roll over, <laughs> and it, it's not a bad. It's not a good time. Um, and you know, so these are like kind of like your bigger monsters that you're hunting. There's a lot of life in Monster Hunter. Uh, if you go to a map, it's not just going to be that one monster. There's you know a lot of herbivores that you can kind of bully, uh, usually for their meat, so you can like raise your stamina. But then you also have these weird bugs that are there from time to time, like Vespoids. They're the worst because the way they work is they like slowly inch towards you and you think, Oh, there's no way this thing's going to get me. But if you're fighting like a giant monster and you're not paying attention, it can sting you and then it'll paralyze you. And then you're just stuck on the ground for about five seconds. And that's when Zamtrios just, you know, just lays all on. you. I really like, uh, is Baroth. It's a giant, uh, almost looks like a T-Rex with a hammer head. And that one, he's real tricky because the the hammer point of his um, 
his head is extremely hard. So if you try and hit him with a blade, if you're if it's not sharp enough, it'll bounce off. Now, if you're someone like me who's a great sword user, you're charging up for like six seconds to like bring the blade down and do a big hit. If they like shift and then put their head there, you just wasted all that time and it's a it's a bad time. It's gonna you're gonna hear a lot of me complaining about um <laughs> charging up. Um I love these names. It kind of just like there's one called Ty- Tigrex. Oh yeah, Tigrex was the that dude back in the uh in the that was like your first like wyvern that you went against in the earlier monster hunters and Tigrex would move super fast around the map, which made which kind of taught you to learn to understand the timing because you're not going to be able to chase it around, so your move is either going to be knowing where it's going to land and hitting it or baiting it to try to attack you, defend against it and uh, punishing, punishing it. Uh, But this is also where the fun of having teammates can help because if you have someone with a bow, they can keep harassing it till like it tries to go after the teammate that you defend it with a blade. There's all, like I said, there's no one way to play monster hunter. Like even when you go to just straight up hunt quest, you can kill the monster or you can uh, you can capture it, and there's so you can use a trap. There's like three different traps. You can use the pitfall trap and electric trap, uh, and I think there's one more trap I'm missing. And when they're trapped, then you can throw a tranquilizer at it, and if the monster is weak enough, then it falls asleep. Yeah, which means I also didn't go into the stages of the fight. So when you're on a hunt, you usually have to hunt a monster, and there are stages to the fight because after you you know, do enough damage to each monster, it's going to leave the area that it's in. You know how I said it's, the map is broken up in the quadrants. It'll leave an area, and uh, sometimes it'll need to feed. It'll leave an area to feed, and say it feeds, and then you uh, chase it down some more. You chase it down some more till it gets really tired, and then it'll want to take a nap. And then when it takes a nap, that's usually the last phase before you can kill it or capture it. And that's pretty much it. It's like rinse, repeat those things. Now, the tricky things, once again, to look back to the hardness of the games is there's actually a like clear path that you need to take for these games. Like most people, if you didn't know this, you just did all the hunts. And then eventually you get an urgent quest, but there actually are specific hunts you you do for urgent quest. So if you know those hunts, you can kind of streamline your kind of rank ups. So like, like usually it's like these two monsters at this level, then you'll get your urgent quest. And then at the next level, it'll be like three or four monsters. And then you just hit those instead of doing all of it. And then uh, once you get to the last one, you'll get a credit roll. And then eventually they, added a level called G rank, which were super hard versions of monsters. And it, and it was cool because it kept the stats of like the, how many hunts you did with which weapon, what's the biggest version of a monster you fought, the smallest version, etc. I'm going to have to come over and maybe play it mainly just because I like the cat a lot. <laughs> the, the Palicos are great. See, and then, and then, and that isn't even talking about the, I think it's called the, the minx or the Malinx. There's the evil version of uh, Palicos that are on maps that will attack you and steal your items. Uh, so you and the only way you can get your item back is if you hit kill them first. And you don't really get to kill them; they just kind of get knocked out and disappear. Honestly, I want somebody to come up with a tutorial on how to make your Palico a dog. <laughs> I mean, that would be crazy. Oh, also, since you love Palico so much, I forgot to tell you in generations. 
There was a whole new mode they created to where you can play as the Palico. So yes. you so so you would get to do hunts as a Palico. And uh, what was cool about it is you had unlimited gathering stuff. So, you know, not only do you need monster parts for different armors and weapons, but sometimes you'll need resources like different ores for mining stuff. Sometimes you might need a bug or two. Sometimes you might need different vines or plants or bones. And these are all things you just find from gathering on the level. So it's not just about hunting monsters. It's also about going around gathering resources from the map. And that new mode was cool because you were just able to kind of just be a kitty and just run around and gather the resources semi-stress-free because monsters still were live and active on these maps and they did hunt you down. Hello, Meowster. <laughs> Meowster, um, this has been enlightening on a subject that I have never played. Yeah, yeah, that's this has been me talking too much about uh, Monster Hunter. But, you know, if you're interested in the game, the best place to start right now, honestly, is Monster Hunter World. They streamlined a lot of the stuff. There's so many quality of life updates. Uh, but, you know, if you do only have a Switch, there is uh, the, the one available is Generations uh, Ultimate. And I just would say go on the Monster Hunter Wiki and everything I just mentioned it'll have for you, which is the key quest that you need to do in order to upgrade and just like general stat combos that you can do. And now that it's going to be dropping in 2020, you can have a leg up on your friends who have never watched it yeah. or played it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when everyone's asking you all these Monster Hunter facts, when this movie that is for sure not going to be a flop comes out in 2020. Hey, you don't know. Uh, it, the, I, the, the photos look cool. I mean, everything about it looks cool, but it just feels like it, the recipe. It's like when you're looking at a recipe where you're like, man, this this gumbo looks good, but I saw what you put in it. Uh, <laughs> how could you talk about Lilu Dallas that way? Oh, I, look, Mila knows how I feel about it. <laughs> She can do no wrong. Multi-pass. T.I., um, however. <laughs> I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez, friends, on all the things. Please catch me at New York Comic Con. I have a bunch of panels that I announced. I updated it. I'm actually going to be there Thursday through Sunday. So I have panels galore. I'm also rejoining Sci-Fi Wire to do the great debate. That's Friday night there i'm also um on a latinx panel on thursday and on sunday i have a panel with the disney princesses all super cool check it out i would love to meet you at new york comic-con and you know me if you way on twitter and instagram if d's on twitch uh i will not be at new york comic-con and if you're sad in texas that you're not at new york comic-con white women will be performing at the trill comedy fest in houston so pull up see us do some uh some comedy and uh yeah besides that you know i'll be goofing around town uh doing stuff just uh, follow me on twitter and you'll know where i'll be at uh but like we always say stay, stay nerdy, nerdy. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.
Ding dong, Las, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does the person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame starting May 7th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.